G'day and welcome to the Falcon, a footy podcast. I'm your host, Clarky, and joining me as always, I've got Jesse. I legit forgot what the podcast was called until you said it just said <laughs> I panicked. That's very encouraging from my co-host. And I've got Chris. Hello. Gentlemen, this week we continue our track through the team-focused episodes. Last week we spoke about Hawthorne with the lovely Hayden and Emerson. And this week we get to talk about a much better team. Uh, the Melbourne Demons. And joining us, we have the wonderful Anna B. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm very proud to be here to talk about my beloved team. All the way from Perth as well. Yes, it's very good. Yes, a, an interstate listener and also someone who's finally on my side. <laughs> I know it's a, it's a rarity, but um, we exist. <laughs> so, look, we usually like to break the ice before we get in all the football chat. And I think... The best thing we can talk about this week is, and I've been told by Jesse that you're also a wrestling fan. It's complicated, but yes, technically, yes. Chris and I are also there. It's complicated. <laughs> it's a complicated relationship with wrestling. It's yeah. complicated is the, yeah, it's the appropriate response for any adult who grew up loving <laughs> wrestling and isn't sure how to feel about it now. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, the Royal Rumble has just finished this weekend. What did you think? That was the first one I've seen in, in four years. It's the first pay-per-view I've seen in four years. Okay. Um, I completely missed all that Vince McMahon stuff. Uh, it wasn't until I saw <laughs> my mum afterwards. Best. Sorry to bring that up at the first thing in the podcast, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't until I saw my mum later in the day and she asked about it. And I was like, oh, what's he done this time? Oh, that's what he's done this time. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um. So welcome back to wrestling for me. I'll say enemy of the show. <laughs> It's very funny that Vince McMahon was exactly the person that he pretended to be during <laughs> yeah. the Attitude Era. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's just true. That's the thing with these uh, kayfabe with question mark, quotation marks um, personalities, especially back in the Attitude Era. It's just them. It's just them and they're allowed to do that stuff because they think it's so fake. But it's not for them. Last week, I recorded an episode of Love Letters with Keelan just to plug my own show. Um, we talked about um, Iron Claw, and then the next day, all the Vince McMahon stuff came out. I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> I couldn't have timed this worse. <laughs> I may record a little intro to that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, I I'll, I watched it today, and it, it, you know what? It must have been nice for you to come back and not have to uh, have watched the last three years of Roman Reigns <laughs> being the only. <laughs> champion because that yeah that that's a whole thing that we've been doing every pay-per-view for about three years yeah well i i used to be in pro wrestling podcasting and i used to have to cover smackdown and the pay-per-views and i also had a like a sideshow to do with wrestling wwe so i got all of that with roman reigns as the face and then when i heard that they finally turned him heel but then gave him the championship i was like oh that's i didn't think they'd do that and then the next year happened and he still had the championship. And then the next year happened and they still, and then so when you turn on the broadcast, when I listened to it yesterday, it was the exact same booing and annoyed chants from the crowd that I heard four <laughs> years ago before any of this. So nice to th- see not everything changes. Yeah, I think there's been a dip and I think the fans have kind of come back around full circle mm. where there's now enough people who have full bloodline, which yeah. is, it is, it is what it is. <laughs> I'll say that much. How were our uh, feelings about the two winners, the women's Royal Rumble and the men's? Fine. It was the, cool. wi- the women's, yeah. Bailey, Bailey winning the women's one. Oh, you know what? Spoilers, listeners. <laughs> the 
Bailey winning the women's champion, uh, the women's champion opportunity was really good because Bailey's kind of been doing nothing with damage control for a while. Cody Rhodes was it was either going to be him or Punk, and I think mm. Punk got injured. So yeah. yes, he did. It makes sense. I I agree though. I thought they were fine. I thought they were both a little bit predictable, but for a reason. Bailey made the most sense from a storyline point of view with the Sky and everything that's happening with damage control, and she'll probably turn face soon. And then um, yeah, I mean Cody it was always going to be either Cody or Punk. It just made sense. Mm. I'm just glad Bailey doesn't have a soccer mum hair anymore. That's all I'm here. Oh, that was the worst. So bad. Doesn't she? She's still kind of got the Karen haircut though. It's not as bad, at least. It's not as bad. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That was horrible. Well, look. Shall we turn our attention to what we're all here for? Anna, please tell us why do you go for the Melbourne Football Club? It's not a long story. Um, so I was I was not into footy at all. My my brother and my dad were very much into rugby union growing up, and my sister was into soccer, and then that was it. I think I went to a couple of matches at Subiaco Oval back in the day, and was there because there were boys there and didn't really care. Um, and, yeah, I just kind of avoided it and then pro wrestling became the thing and that was enough sport, real sport for me. And then I started dating this guy um, and it was kind of a deal that he'd come to a pro wrestling match and I'd go to a footy game with him. And it happened to be, unfortunately, he's a West Coast Eagles fan, which should have given me enough information to not go out with him anymore back then. Um, but I went with him to that game uh, versus Richmond, was it? Yeah. And it was a game where West Coast just beat Richmond. And the emotion in Optus Stadium, I was like, this is like being at the theatre. I only started crying. I was like, what the hell is this magic? Um, and then, yeah, <laughs> I was kind of kind of hooked after that. It was very strange. Um, but then we managed to get... I mean, the, the only beauty of COVID was really that we got the grand final in Perth, which the irony of that, that Melbourne fans, majority of Melbourne fans have never seen their, te- their team win a grand final live, but I have. And I wasn't even a footy fan in the lead up to this year. <laughs> so I saw them at the semifinals and I was like, yeah, there's something about them. I was like, oh, it wasn't the fact that they were just winning or going to the grand final. It was something about them. And then I um, binged the Gus and Gorney podcast in the two weeks leading up to the grand final and fell absolutely <laughs> in love with them. Um, yeah, and then that's that. And I've, they've been my boys ever since. It's kind of cool that nowadays, because we get to see more players on like social media or doing podcasts or TV, you can sort of fall in love with the personality of a team nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it really makes sense out of like, like you said, you know, you've done so much stuff with wrestling, but you've also done like a lot of acting. The crowd reaction is what got you in, like the, sort of the emotional yeah. response of the crowds what got you in. And that also kind of like lines up really well. Yeah, because it wasn't, I didn't really go to theatre anymore. And I, I wasn't in pro wrestling for a while at that point. So it was kind of the thing that I'd been missing for a couple of years that all of a sudden it was here with footy, which was very strange. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of, it's, it's indescribable. So what what would be your earliest memory then of the Melbourne Football Club specifically? <laughs> it, this is really lame. It was, yeah, I didn't know anything about anything until the semifinal. I was like, I was sitting there quite blind to it. Um, I just remember seeing, I think it was Viney 
Viney was the one that made me go, who the hell is that? What is this team? Because um, he's just insane and can kill anyone by running into them. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, another thing about me is I have ADHD, so I get hyperfixation badly. So when I'm into something, I'm diehard into it. Um, and that was enough for me <laughs> to then try and learn everything and everything about it. It surprised me when you say you've only been following footy for a few years because I know on t- Twitter, X if you weren't, um, when Melbourne are playing, you are, you are a vocal and passionate <laughs> fan. I get upset very easily. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. I know three Melbourne supporters, and which blows my mind that I even know three. <laughs> and you're some of the most like passionate and like in-depth fans possible. You get into the game. It, it is super like loyal supporting. I don't know. I I mean I I like to think it's my I like to blame my ADHD. Um, and not just my inherent obsessiveness as a person. This is something <laughs> about that team. As I think especially the team, that specific team that won the grand final, they were all on the same page. It was all together. It was just like you could tell that they were just all connected and working towards this one thing and they were unstoppable, which is also why the last couple of years has hurt so much as a Melbourne fan, which I'm sure we'll get into in a minute but um, I would just like to keep focusing on them winning the grand final at this point. Yeah, well, look, so this is usually the part where I ask about people's favourite memories, but I have a feeling that we can probably pinpoint at least one of your major favourite memories of the club. Yeah, the grand final's all right. Um, look, honestly, yeah, it, was okay. it was that. It's just fine. It was that, but it was also – I flew over to Melbourne a couple of times last year. I mean, my best friend, who's also Jesse's friend, which is why we know each other. She lives in Melbourne, diehard Frio fan, which I used to give her so much shit for, which has just backfired horribly for me. Rightfully. Well, I'm technically a member now. My dad and I are members of the Frio Football Club. I'm also a member of the Melbourne Football Club, as well as my cats, they're members of the Melbourne Football Club. Somebody's got to keep them afloat. They're not. Look, they're not West Coast. (laughs) Okay? Go to hell, Jesse. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... Look who you go for. So I don't think you can talk. Anyway. <laughs> nah, no that. Edit that out. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> yeah. So I went over a couple of times. I will say it was to see her, but it was also I just wanted to come over and see the boys play. Um, the game against Brisbane where in the last 10 minutes we managed to beat them was one of the best feelings I've ever felt in my life. Because it was like I was This is the, so the Jake Melksham goal? Yes. I was bagging him out earlier in that game. Like, he keeps missing. Like, he's just unreliable. And the next thing is he's just, like, knocking it out of the ballpark. I'm nearly crying. And I think I've never seen them lose live. And granted, I've only seen them a handful of times since I live in Perth. But I, like, really love to keep that tradition alive. And so the, the idea of that heartbreak as well, but that was just phenomenal. And the fact that Broden Kelly of Auntie Donna left before <laughs> the final of that game because he thought we were going to lose. Travesty. I just think that was just the icing on the cake. No offence to him. That was like the biggest bit of news in Melbourne for a few days. That was the funniest thing. <laughs> just the abuse, like the lighthearted <laughs> fun abuse that he copped on social media. Completely warranted. I messaged him as the game finished and I was like, dude, that was amazing. He's like, I'm already at the train station. I missed it. 
Oh, no. <laughs> don't tell people. <laughs> and then he posted on Twitter. Yeah. He live tweeted it. <laughs> yeah. Just a question with yourself, like, you know, you live in WA and you go for a Victorian club and we're all about Victorian bias. Like, I, we, we completely support that. But how <laughs> does it feel going for a, a for a Victorian club while living interstate? And how do people in WA react to you saying that you go from Melbourne despite being from there? There's actually quite a few Melbourne supporters over here. I think a large part was because a lot of people did get on the bandwagon when they were over here and won the grand final. And that's kind of stuck around, plus that we only have two teams to support over here. Um, and as much as I do believe in Frio, but they will eventually get their shit together and get somewhere, though Lucky Schultz has left us for a team that I will not mention. Um, mm. Yeah, look, it's not as bad as, like, the rivalry is so extreme in WA between Frio and West Coast. Anything else is kind of like, a, oh, cool, good for you. But if you say that you're going for Frio to some of us going for West Coast, it's like a all-out war straight away. So, Anna, we've covered some of your favourite memories, but now we can get into the nitty-gritty. I want to talk about some of your favourite players from the past, the present, who's up and coming for, for this year. Talk to me. Who's who's on your, your big boy love them list? Um, my original was Brayshaw. It's a good choice. I also had a massive crush on him for a year don't ask i don't understand it either but um he's just adorable and smart <laughs> and he's very good at his job and i wanted to kill um brayden maynard after that thing last year but that's fine when i mentioned passionate support on twitter i was talking about that <laughs> moment <laughs> yeah yeah uh, there's a few of those he knows what he did he knows fucking knows um <laughs> <laughs> can't drive can't smother yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stephen May, I th- I put up a thing last year just saying, like, if I were to die in a freak accident, I would hope it's because he's run into me. I, was gonna say, I thought you were going to say you hope he would save you. I'm like, no, he would be the cause. 100%. No, he would be the cause, and I'd be happy with that because he's like a brick. It would like have it'd be like having a brick launched at you. You're just a bystander at a French restaurant. <laughs> I'm just picturing that the opening scene of The Boys. I don't know if you've seen oh, that. no. Yeah. <laughs> I, see, oh. What I like about Stephen May is... If we put bolts at his neck, he's the Falkenstein. Mm. Yeah. He has that energy about him. Yeah. I love him because I don't want to get hurt by him. (laughs) The first thing I always think about when it comes to Stephen May is how he got traded to Melbourne and then the first thing he did when he came over here was get in trouble for drinking a beer in a pub. Hell's yeah, player. (laughs) And I'm like, that's your legacy as far as I'm concerned. That's about right. (laughs) Who else is on your list? I actually really like Charlie Spargo. And I was really pissed off that they benched him for most of last year. Uh, Spargo's my boy. Because he, he was doing really well. I still don't understand what happened there. I'm a, I'm a big fan and I agree. I think I think Goody didn't know what he was doing uh, and was just throwing magnets. I would say that's the case a lot of the time, <laughs> but anyway. But no, I agree. Charlie Spargo, underrated. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a neutral, Char- Charlie Spargo confuses me because... He does some good things on the field, but he has a really annoying face. Well, he can't help that. Cody Waitman plays for your yeah, team. Yeah, <laughs> he's what hill are you choosing to on, die? Hang on, on hang <laughs> on, hang on. He is unapologetically a cunt. He knows it. <laughs> he he kind of that's that's his whole persona built around that. I'm just saying, Charlie's bugger looks like a nice guy. It has an annoying face. So he doesn't look like a nice guy. He looks like Charlie Spargo 
is uh, an alternative Bond villain look. <laughs> what Bond movies have you been watching? Is that alternative? <laughs> what do you want from me? Do you want me to... Well, like the porn version of it then? Charlie Spargo looks like if James Bond was an A24 film, he would be the villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry just to refresh because I heard what you said there, Anna. He would be in the porn adaptation of the A24 version of James Bond. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, maybe I can get behind that then. As a concept, I never want to see it, but yeah, as a concept. <laughs> also, Stephen May would be Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move it on now. Jesse's going to take us through Melbourne's vibes, which I'm concerned for. Mm. <laughs> look, there aren't many. There's general good vibes from your players, but when you look at your club's history, normally in this segment, for all those who, who listen and know and love Jesse's vibes moment, I go through the song, the the logo and mascot and the, and the famous supporters. And it's just not, not much, but we'll start with a song, of course. Um, everyone knows a song based on you're a grand old flag, which you may recognize from January 6th protest. Um, though <laughs> some may also know it from being the song for the Sale Football <laughs> Club. So if everyone listening in Sale, you can't hear it, but I'm giving you a thumbs up. <laughs> now, the song... <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Fuck. We, song... you know what? By comparison to that remark, we were so nice to you. <laughs> what? I'm, ba- I'm not being mean to Melbourne. I'm being mean to Sale. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and our friends and listeners who yeah, live that's in what I, that's what I'm that's what I'm referencing. Absolutely. You know what? I have the problem with sale. You're right, Jesse. Um, now, as I find out a lot um, doing this this research, quote unquote research, a lot more football songs have second verses than you would expect. <laughs> Melbourne Football Club being one of them. There is a second verse written by Keith Bluey Truscott in 1940, and it references two. Premiership wins, which I've never seen in a club song before, referencing recent events. Okay, it's like Essendon rewriting the song to include the drug saga. It's very strange. <laughs> I um, wish they would. The club did sing it in 2011, uh, and it goes a little bit something like this. I'm not going to sing it, I'll just say it. It says, Oh, the team played fine in the year 39 with the demons that no one can lick. Hmm. And you'll find us there at the final bell with the spirit of 26. Every heartbeat through the red and blue, blah, 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 blah. I love that they just mentioned the 39 grand final and the uh, 1926 grand final as well. There's some confidence there. I I would like to see more clubs do that. I mean, if you were to mention every single premiership your club won in your song, then Chris's Western Bulldog song would go for two lines. (laughs) But I do like the idea of the more successful your team's been over time, the longer your song becomes. No. Yes. I don't want to hear Collingwood's (laughs) anymore. Change your songs, rewrite them. I think the funniest thing about that is that they resurrected it for 2011, a notoriously shit year for Melbourne. Mm, That was the curse. Your club does have a bit of a history of uh, trying to introduce something cool, (laughs) and it doesn't always go to fruition. Um, That leads me into your your logo. Actually, your team name, actually, in this case. So Melbourne may be the oldest professional sporting club in the world, dating back over 162 years, which is insane. Um, I did the calculations. That's 1,064,340 replays of the 2000 grand final. So that's how old your club is. Up until 1933, though, Melbourne wasn't called the Demon. They were called the Fuchsias because of their Guernsey. The Fuchsias isn't a good name for a club. But in 1933... 
The club changed the name to the Demons following an inspiring speech by then-coach Frank Hughes, who told his players to lift up your heads and play like demons. They didn't, though, um, and they finished that year 10th out of 13 clubs. Uh, So, look, road to hell paved with good intentions and all that. Uh, Fast forward 90 years, and that inspirational quote turned into Ronald Demon, the Demon Delegate for Mascot Manor. Anna, do you know what Mascot Manor is? No, I don't. (laughs) I will send you some material. (laughs) Oh, good. Because it was a... A children's show that the AFL uh, wanted, wanted to launch, which had all the mascots leaving in a house, Big Brother style. Oh. Uh, and it was it was something. It was very... <laughs> if I could compare the animation style to anything, it would be Little Elvis, if you remember that show. Very Australian, very, what, early 2000s? It was like 2000s, but felt very 90s. It was, it was a particular vibe. I'll send you some stuff there. So it wasn't like people in their mascot costumes living in a house it was animation it was animation although i would very much like a version where all the mascots dress up yeah i'd prefer like, that to be honest mascot. that would be very good um so <laughs> look uh television if you're listening <laughs> uh give us a call <laughs> we'll, we'll, you know we'll help out there the club currently has three mascots we've got chuck named after frank checker hughes daisy named of course after daisy pierce legend of the afw and uh, Flash, named after Aaron Davey. But I had a look at them all, and they all look like... Um, do you guys remember the show Powerpuff Girls? Oh, of yes. course. Remember the slutty little devil? <laughs> him? <laughs> <laughs> they all kind of look like him. Uh, which Nice. <laughs> I say lean into it, okay? Yeah. I've always had a look at your famous supporters, and there were a few... There's a fair few. There were a few villains on the list, but I thought we'd keep some good ones. <laughs> Um, and Anna, you've got, I think you've got some names to drop. I, I may name one here. We've got John Sow, uh, former Lord Mayor and former bro of Melbourne. Baz Lerman and Hamish Blake. Anna, do you have any more to add to that list? Oh, just Auntie Donna's Broden Kelly. Broden, Broden Bloody Kelly. Broden Bloody Kelly, because he's the only one of them I know. <laughs> we actually became better friends because I started going for Melbourne and he sent me a message welcoming me, welcoming me to the family. And then, like, we now message because of Melbourne. Like, we were friendly before that, but, like, that's kind of solidified um, Melbourne friendship. I think he, he kind of epitomizes, like, the, the current Melbourne vibe, which is a little bit, like, mm-hmm. cooler than it used to be. And you also got, like, players who come across, like, really cool. Like, Max Gorn you can hang with. Oh, Christian yeah. Petraka, I would like to go for a pasta meal with because he <laughs> seems like a good fella. There's so many, like, good dudes in the club. Mm. Get rid of your coach. Your coaches are done. Yeah. But the players themselves just have good vibes about them. I think some of your more notable supporters share those vibes. So, I know your club could be on a tipping point of becoming a very, very cool club. But I've looked through the vibes and you're not there just yet. <laughs> but I've looked at the current vibes. Chris, you've looked at the past moments. So I'll pass it over to you to look at some of the Melbourne memorable moments. The mmms, if you will. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> okay, apparently you won't. <laughs> uh, I do just want to start this segment by saying that for such an old club, the Melbourne Football Club, the oldest club in the AFL, established in, in 1858, almost 200 years ago, the club has a fucking boring history. There is not many iconic, memorable moments. It was easier to find memorable moments for GWS than it was for Melbourne. 
I'm sorry we don't have a drug scandal in our history. <laughs> yeah, Jesse. <laughs> well, I, stop that. Well, I will just say you've picked a really good time to jump onto the Melbourne bandwagon because the previous 159 years were boring as shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I give it all, but he will try. Yeah, maybe we maybe we should have tried a Thor jumper or something just to really revitalize. Look, Clarky, based on my research, maybe you need a drug scandal or a Thor jumper, just something to spice we had it a up a bit. Scandal. I like how the Thor jumper is so bad. You can compare it to the Essendon drug scandal, <laughs> and I would actually still say that the Thor jumper is worse. <laughs> At least people were punished for the <laughs> drug scandal. <laughs> Sanctions. Yeah. I've had to rack my brain for a few days to find anything to talk about in this segment. Otherwise, it would have been Stephen May getting punched in the face by Jake Melksham at a French restaurant. Okay, that's pretty Confirmed. funny, though. Clayton Oliver mm. putting the windshield wipers up on random people's cars. Mm. Alleged. <laughs> and the clip of Gary Lyon on a stretcher that they used to play every 30 seconds on the footy show. That was my <laughs> first immediate list. But after thinking about it, and credit where it's due, while there isn't a whole lot of exciting memories... The ones that are there have a real lot of heart to them and are super important to the history of the demons. So, Anna, Clarkie, we're going to take a trip down memory lane. I'm not invited. No, you're not. I'm not, Jesse. And talk about some of the Melbourne Football Club's most memorable moments. We're going to kick it off with the most obvious one, one that we, we touched on a little bit earlier, much as it pains me to talk about it, the 2021 Grand Final. Now... Mm-hmm. In the 2021 AFL Grand Final, Melbourne played against an unnamed AFL team and they played pretty well by all reports. I wouldn't know. I didn't watch it. And that was that was basically it. So moving on to the next memorable moment. Uh, no, in all seriousness. The jumper of Grand Finals. In all seriousness, the, the 2021 Grand Final was unfortunately played against my Western Bulldogs. And spoiler alert, it didn't end well for us. Despite being up by, no, no, despite being up by 19 points early in the third quarter after Marcus Bontepelli had kicked his third goal and had one hand on the Norm Smith medal, Melbourne just decided, nah, you know what, fuck this, and then piled on 16 goals to just one from the Dogs and uh, ran out 74-point winners, took out their first premiership since 1964, and Christian Petrarca picked up his first Norm Smith medal with a grand final record equaling 39 disposals and two goals. What a gun. Mm. Sorry, Aaron Clark, I know I've been talking a lot about Melbourne, but I want to thank you both for that particular grand final <laughs> because you will find out in a few weeks' time I have an unnatural burning hatred for the Western Bulldogs. And for you guys to pile on, what, like 15, 16 goals in them felt really good to me because I'm so used to that happening to us from the Doggies um, when you kick like 19 goals in us. So... Um, Anna Clarkey, the Melbourne Football Club, if you're listening, thank you very much. We'll, we'll get Justice back to we'll get back to Jesse's opinion when it, SNN hit eight thousand days since winning a final. Um, so this grand final was a hard one for us Victorian supporters <laughs> to watch due to COVID lockdowns at the time. It was played at Optus Stadium in Perth. However, fuck us and our feelings because this was a great result for you. Now, mm-hmm. did you manage to secure a ticket to the game? Yes, I did. Wow, so you got to see it in person. Yep, it was amazing. That's a hell of an introduction to the club. Yeah. I like to say I was a fully-fledged fan by the time I walked through these gates um, after my two weeks of <laughs> intensive studying. 
<laughs> and obsessive studying. Um, no, it was it was amazing. How was it not just at the grand final, but also being in Perth around that grand final time and getting to experience that kind of buzz around the city? Because they also held the Brownlow in at Optus Stadium that week as well. Yeah, it was it was odd. I mean, like being new to caring about this sport at the time, I I didn't really like I appreciated it, but didn't really appreciate the extent of what this meant. Um, like my brother in law is a diehard footy fan. Unfortunately, goes for the West Coast Eagles, but you know he's been following this his whole life, and he didn't get to go because obviously it wasn't his teams. But listening to him talk about because he's been to a couple of Melbourne Grand Finals, it's just yeah the fact that we even got it. Like when what other time period in history would WA have gotten a Grand Final? Granted, we're getting a WWE pay per view next month for some <laughs> weird reason. But like a grand final, that's that's you know that's Melbourne's thing. Um, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And walking around up the stadium before the game, see all these football players from different clubs just walking around because they all got to be there to to be a part of this thing. It was just made like people were crying, especially Melbourne fans were crying once this final siren went. I was wearing a Fitbit at the time, and it kept telling me to meditate because my heart rate was going too high. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was amazing and baker boy was so good oh yeah clocky yeah. how did you like because during that grand final it felt like all of victoria was sitting in that spare chair you find a hotel room <laughs> um clocky how did you feel watching your team win it all but not in your state how did that feel i mean this is something that all interstate fans feel all the time unfortunately mm-hmm. But because, you know, Victoria bias and all. Clarkie, how did you feel? I, th- I think the difference, though, is that they always have the option to travel, whereas we were locked mm. into the state. We weren't allowed to go over there at all. You're right, Chris. We were the real victims throughout the whole <laughs> AFL uh, <laughs> thing. Um, yeah, poor Victoria. Clarkie, <laughs> how did it feel? Um, I, don't, I don't particularly have any negative emotion about it just because... So the 1964 was the VFL grand final, I believe, was the last grand final that we'd won before that. And there's a long story behind it, but basically the reason why I got into football was because I used it as a vehicle to bond more with my dad when he was terminally ill. So I think for me, it was just enough to be able to watch something happening in my lifetime, which I was morbidly aware didn't happen for some people, especially with Melbourne, right? And that speaks to just how awful we'd been for so many years. Like, and and you know, fo- football's like that. Sometimes you can even get, like like two thousand. You know, like we joke about it, but Melbourne kind of lucked their way into a grand final and got beaten by the better team. That's what history shows. And twenty twenty one, everything about it, like Anna, you said earlier, felt different and it felt good and. You kind of end up forgiving all of the little things. You're like, well, this might be the only one that I get to experience. And it might be not even my children, you know, if all things go negatively. And I don't I don't think I had any particularly negative experience in watching that because it's special. Like it's it could be once in a lifetime. Some teams are luckier and you know, 
I think I, I would say even Brisbane fans, right? Brisbane fans who experienced the three P in the early two thousands probably look back and go, "Yeah, I wish I enjoyed that. <laughs> like, I wish I enjoyed that more because, holy crap! Like, it's going to take us a long time to ever get back there." Hmm. I think even when your team's interstate, I mean. Fuck, I, I will take an Essendon final win if they played in goddamn France right now. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, Just exactly. Just happening <laughs> makes you still feel involved. And when you have fantastic streaming services like KO um, and their great bargain uh, basement prices per month, what is it, $40? What a bargain. Uh, you can really be part of the action when it decides to play. And that was a sponsor. Co- that was sponsor content. Okay, if, uh, if you are sponsored by them, I won't say what I was about to say. Anyway, if we are not sponsored by anyone. Anna, go to town. Oh, if Hashtag the stream ad. works, if the stream works. Um, but having said that, like the idea of Melbourne, like there was a, a stretch of time, like half past halfway of last season, that it actually looked like we were going to make it to the grand final, and then someone cursed us or something happened and shit fell apart. But I was thinking, I I don't think I want to fly over for a grand final because I don't want to, like it won't erase the memory of seeing them win. But if they lost that grand final, like I don't, I don't particularly want to be leaving the stadium and have to deal with that, the pain of that loss, (laughs) especially if it's against something, something like Collingwood and their fans are insufferable. I'm sorry, but you fucking are. I just couldn't. I wouldn't want to be around that. I wouldn't want to deal with it. I want to cry at home. I I, I love so much for you that you got to experience that. Like I, it it's a perfect storm of like a moment that can never be replaced in yeah. terms of your love of your football club getting to go to a grand final that's in your home state in what the first time it's ever been played out of Victoria. Like it's. Honestly, everything works. So I completely understand what you're saying, and I think I'm I'm so chuffed. And I think that's probably the beauty about Melbourne, right? Like we're passionate, and mm. I think generally Melbourne fans like they we love each other. Like yeah, you have that. There's a real sense of camaraderie because we've been through so much garbage. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> so much. Have you, Clarky? Yeah, yeah. crazy man. <laughs> If that sorry, if Melbourne's bullshit has let you all love each other, then I'm married to every fucking F supporter. You're not? Look, the paperwork's still going through. A lot the of funny thing no. about Essendon is that even before I got into footy as like as obsessive as I become, I'm actually dreading the upcoming season because the amount of emotional duress it's gonna put me under again. And the amount of time <laughs> I spend watching all the footy programs as well as the matches. But I remember watching it, it would have been like end of, towards the end of Melbourne lockdown, because uh, I was still in Melbourne for the seven months we were stuck in lockdown. And we could finally start seeing other people again. And I went over to a friend's house, and one of my friends is a diehard Essendon supporter. And I think his girlfriend bought him like the kids' backpack and the hat and everything to wear <laughs> while we're watching these matches. Hell and just yeah. the heights that he hit when it looked like it was going well and the lows that he reached when you just ultimately failed. As a non-footy fan at the time, even that was it was kind of beautiful to watch mm. in a really poetic, depressing way. It was it was kind of beautiful. So I do have an appreciation for Essendon fans. I think Thank for you. yeah, a similar reason. But, yeah, the heights and the lows within one match is just phenomenal. Um, now, Anna, Anna just said some beautiful things. 
um, about Essendon, which has really, really touched me. But Chris, just want to ask, in your memorable moments, are you going to talk about the grand final in 2000? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Oh, for fuck's sake. Because I Thank fucking God. hate Essendon. Uh, you had your where, time, where, Jesse. Where? Well, <laughs> still on the, the 2021 grand final, um, it was an emotional one, obviously, for Melbourne supporters, but I think it was also an emo- a bit of an emotional one for the vast majority of AFL supporters due to one very inspirational man, Neil Danaher. Hmm. I will fully admit that at the start of the 2021 season, I actually tweeted that if the Bulldogs didn't have a good season or weren't able to win the premiership that year, I hoped it would be Melbourne purely so that Neil Danaher could see them win a flag. Now, at the time, I didn't know that that would end with them beating us in the grand final (laughs) to win that flag. But... I did kind of want to ask, and Clarky, this one, this one might be kind of a bit more uh, pointed at you because you you do have that bit of a longer history with with Neil, kind of Neil Danaher being at the club and everything that's gone on. How was it to to not just win that elusive flag, but to also see Neil finally get to witness that premiership? Oh, you know what can't be said about Neil Danaher? Like he's somebody who, and I think there's a few Melbourne people who stand out as going on to have done more things outside of their the club that have been significantly contributing to, you know, in Neil Downinger's case, M&D research, you know, in Jim Stein's case, you know, his work with youth programs. It, I don't know, like, I, can't, I can never not picture Neil Downinger smiling <laughs> after that grand final win. I don't it think anyone... Yeah. Oh, the... There's not enough kind or good words that can be said about Neil Danaher, a man who, by his own hand, pulled Melbourne out of a really, really dark place as a head coach and then was, I, I don't want to say even like the word struck down or afflicted, but he you know, had found out that he had MND and then went on to say, get fucked. Like, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this to do good. And he has. Like, it's... It's truly inspirational inside and out, everything about it. And I think we can all agree that even if you hate Melbourne, seeing Neil Danaher have that joy in his lifetime, like we said, you know, that's something that not a lot of people get to experience. Well, prior to winning that drought-breaking premiership, Melbourne did have some memorable games throughout the 2021 season as well, which eventually led to that fateful day in September, which brings us to our next memorable moment. Round 23, 2021. It will set the scene. Melbourne atop of the ladder, heading into the final game of the season, sitting two points ahead of both Port Adelaide in second and Geelong in third. The Ds haven't won a minor premiership since 1964. Unfortunately for them, they are about to play the third-placed Cats in Geelong in the final round. The stakes were pretty high. A win means grabbing their first minor premiership in 57 years and securing a home final. I use that term loosely as due to COVID restrictions they weren't able to play in Melbourne. Uh, A loss, however, means finishing third and having to play Port Adelaide in Adelaide. Things were tight early. The Ds were holding on to a two-point lead at the first break. However, Geelong really hit their straps in the second quarter, kicking eight goals to just one to lead by 39 at halftime. Margin got out to 44 points early in the third quarter before the Ds pegged a couple back, but things were looking pretty bleak at three-quarter time as they faced a 32-point deficit. The Ds needed a spark going in the last quarter. They needed a hero. In steps, Max Gorn. Yeah. 
Melbourne kicked five goals, two behinds to Geelong's zero goals, two behinds in the final quarter to be down by just two points with 30 seconds left. Following an out-of-the-bounds on the full free kick and then a controversial 50-meter penalty that went with it, Melbourne bombed it forward in the dying seconds just in time for the ball to be marked by Big Maxi. Siren sounded, Max went back and collected his thoughts, started his run-up, and slotted a goal to give Melbourne the win by just four points, the home final, and their first minor premiership since 1964. Now, as a neutral supporter watching this game, all I can say to sum it up is goosebumps. Anna, this was kind of just before you kind of really started to get into footy. Have you gone back and watched that game at all? I've seen highlights of it. I've seen, um, yeah, Maxie's final goal, which I think is just, I fucking love Maxie. But the accuracy of You can't not love him. No, it's impossible. Like my favourite go-to gif is him in the in the short shorts. I think I sent it to your group chat. He's just like doing them, pulling the arm down. He's just a legend. <laughs> um, Ow. <laughs> Also, yeah, great he's, ads. He's, he does great Google ads. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> a great guy. Um, yeah, his kicking is hit and miss sometimes. So that he, he the fact that Mostly he got miss. that, the fact that he got that was just pure perfection. I'm so happy that Sam Draper has a little bit of Max gone to him. <laughs> like, nowhere near as good as Ruckman as, as Maxi yet. But just has that little bit of like loose unit lanky to him. <laughs> it makes me so happy that my club could possibly have a Max. Because Max Gorn is just seems like the friendliest guy and just has such good energy about him that he can be really fun in the field, but also, as we just discussed, can drag the team along and inspire them and hit those big moments. Yeah, he'll he'll spray a few out of the fall, sure. But when it comes down to his boot winning the game, he'll do it. I love Maxi. We, we spoke about on, I think it was the Fremantle episode, we were talking about Nat Fife and we we're saying how he's the type of player who can put the team on his back like a Marcus Bontempelli, put the team on his back when he needs it. I would say that Max Gorn's probably one of the only ruckmen that can do that. Generally, it's a midfielder. I'd say he's probably one of the only Ruckman that can actually do that, can just have the type of last quarter that just lifts the entire team, like in that Geelong game. I was going to say, I don't know, Anna, if you have the same feeling that I do, but Max's chaotic mark set shot run-up <laughs> makes me so anxious. Like, he, he doesn't, like, hold, like you know, everyone has their, like, little routine. Like, they, mm. you know, like they throw the little grass, or, like, flip the ball, like, two times, the and then, like, sometimes. rotate at 90 degrees or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or what, whatever they need to do. But Max, like, he looks at the football and goes, yeah, whatever, like, juggles it between each hands while he starts walking forward. I'm like, you committed to the run-up. Like, you're not even holding it properly yet. I love and, it. It's oh, just part I, of his style. I, <laughs> it's so like the confidence and mm. nine times out of ten it misses but yeah. I, I love I love it and it makes me so anxious and watching <laughs> that game live as well uh just I was so nervous I remember being like I felt sick I felt like physically ill and it's one of the rare times that football has had me feeling that way <laughs> talking about this just makes me think of the um I think it was the first North Melbourne game that we played last last year against them and demolished them so quickly, so easily for the first half anyway. But then the guys were just like, I think they gave it to, to Maisie to try and have a kick. They gave it to like all these, like oh, Bowie's actually good at kicking, 
but they gave it to all these back halves to just have a go at doing a goal because it was so far ahead it just didn't matter. <laughs> and, like, afterwards if they missed it, they're like, oh, damn, gave it a shot. Just like, I love that team so much. <laughs> it's also because we were trying to find a forward, though. True. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Uh, consider it tryouts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want petty backs so bad. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, moving on to our last memorable moment, want to cast your minds all the way back to the 90s. Now, I want to talk not so much about a memorable moment, but a memorable person. Uh, Clarky kind of very briefly mentioned him earlier. One of the most memorable people in the AFL, in fact, is uh, left an immeasurable legacy. The one and only Jim Steins. For those listeners who aren't familiar with him, Jim, Jim Steins was a promising Gaelic footballer who moved to Australia at the age of 18 joined the Melbourne Football Club as part of their international recruitment program and then debuted in 1987. Went on to play 264 games in total, which also included an unbeaten league record of 244 consecutive games. Alongside a Brownlow medal in 1991, two All-Australian jackets, a Lee Matthews trophy, four Melbourne Best and Fairest, and as part of the AFL Hall of Fame, the Melbourne Hall of Fame, and the Melbourne Team of the Century. Hell of a CV, hell of a career. Despite that incredibly decorated career, it's probably the stuff that he did off the field, which really accelerated after his career ended, that he's been most remembered for. Uh, He used his profile to focus a lot on youth work and founded the Reach Foundation in 1994, uh, which is a not-for-profit organization, which uh, is aimed at inspiring young people, uh, mainly those 10 to 18, to believe in themselves and get the most out of life, basically. He was named Victorian of the Year twice, was awarded the Medal of the Order of Australia, and was also named a Doctor of the University at the Australian Catholic University in recognition of his social work. Was sadly diagnosed with cancer in 2009 and unfortunately lost that battle in 2012. In that time, he was also the president of the Melbourne Club and helped to bring them out of debt, uh, which was a huge contribution. since his his death, the Jim Steins Foundation was founded in 2015. The Jim Steins Achievement Scholarships were announced by the Australian government and the Jim Steins Community Leadership Award was established by the AFL and gets awarded every year on Brownlow night. Now, as an AFL fan who supports another club, I can remember growing up that it always felt like Jim Steins was really the heart and soul of the Melbourne Football Club. And I, I like looking back now, I would say that it's it's kind of a, a joint effort between him and Neil Danaher. Um, even after his death, he continued to be such a huge influence on the club, both on the field and off the field. <clears throat> Maxi Gorn has referenced him. Um, he, re- he referred to him after the 2021 grand final win and saying how such a big influence that he was. As supporters of the Melbourne Football Club, is that kind of is he is he still like a big figure in the club? Is it is is that is that how it's felt kind of over the years uh, that he he has been the heart and soul even after his death? I feel like that's kind of the basis of why, like especially leading up to the grand final win, that's the kind of vibe that you felt from the boys from the club. I think that was the basis was found in their history with Neil Danaher with Jim Stein. It's like it it's something that they carry. And that's why it's so, like, I, I still think Melksham punching May was pretty funny. But when you hear about all this other <laughs> stuff going on, that's why it's it's pretty disheartening that they're kind of, they're going off message a bit. They're going, they're forgetting what the whole purpose of the club is. 
That's a really good way to put it. Thank you. Even, even from the outside, like, yeah, there's, there's currently some stuff going on with the club. And it, I think that's one of the reasons that so many people are scratching their head is it feels so out of character for the club. Yeah. I, I can't think of a, of a footy club that has had so many individuals which haven't just furthered the sport from a sort of a humanitarian point of view, but like went beyond just AFL, just helped people as much as people like Danaher and Steins. Um, I, I've been looking into Jim Stein's story a fair bit over the last few months, actually following an episode of Burns podcast where we talk about him. Absolutely like just top-notch human being. Just like the best, absolute best of the best. And I, I think that while at the moment there's been some negative stories about Melbourne in the news, that does embody the club. I, that's why, I think that's why so many people respect the Melbourne club, Melbourne football club. Yeah. There's something about Jim Steins where I, I say this with the utmost respect for a lot of historic and prominent Melbourne figures, but in terms of service to the club, nobody comes close to what Jim did. And for him to then go on and do what he has done with the Reach Foundation. Yeah, like from career, from post to post, he has been nothing but an absolute legend. And I think, you know, Anna, like you said, like there's there's this sort of I think level of behavior and kind of like a bar that has been set by people like this, like these humanitarian people. Like, you know, you hear Max Gorn talk all the time about how he got his jumper, his jumper presented to him by Jim Steins, was given the number. And Max really is the modern embodiment of Jim Steins as a footballer. The 91 Brownlow that Jim Steins won, he's a ruckman. Like people sort of forget that. Like how many ruckmen have really been up there for Brownlow counts, let alone won them. He was kind of the the first mobile ruckman, which is yes. what they've become today. Yeah. He was basically kind of ahead of his time. That he was the first one who really moved away from just being a tap it down to the midfield as ruckman. He he was a mobile ruckman who did stuff all over the field. Mm. Yeah, I think he he completely reinvented the role. Every club been trying to emulate that since. In terms of like the club, the feel that the club gives and with the Reach Foundation, like I'm I'm in my final year of um, studying counselling. And so mental health is like number one thing that that I'm concerned about, that everyone should be concerned about. And the fact that every year they're the first team to push forward with it, to tell their own stories. And, you know, for such a like the part of the reason I didn't get into footy when I was a teenager or when I was younger was because I knew the guys who were into footy and they were massive douchebags. And the shit that they did, the girls that they fucked around with and hurt and all that kind of stuff and it was such a like Ben Cousins mentality in the 2000s hated it fucking hated it so when I started watching it properly and actually finding out more about these guys and particularly Melbourne that was the thing that really got me is that they are they they talk about that stuff and there's no shame in talking about that stuff and they're encouraging everyone else to do that especially men and boys yeah, and that's the thing as well. I think we need to, and this is probably a, a much deeper and wider topic that applies across the whole AFL, but look, we we have kind of danced around it, but there's the obvious Clayton Oliver issues that are going on at the moment. And I think it's a, it's a good example of how we discuss football, football players, their mental health and their roles when it comes to what what we have access to as fans 
what is their prerogative to share and what is okay for them to say, I need to step away. And there's yeah. multiple examples that aren't just Clayton Oliver. We don't we don't precisely know exactly what his personal reasons are from stepping away. The unfortunate reality is that has led to mindless speculation mm-hmm. at the butt of jokes for that lads, lads, lads kind of culture, right? Like it's it's where football kind of is. And it's changing because people are having conversations like that. And I think that's super important. And it's why the legacy of people like Jim Steins and the Reach Foundation is so important to teach young people that this is important. Like this is more than football. This is more than whatever you like, you know, whatever you're doing, whatever your your job is, your situation. It's important to take that time to be confident in yourself and to be supported in what you need to live your life to the best. It's it's good that we're starting to see that sort of ripple through the fan base as well, because if something like this happened. 10 years ago, you'd have had all, like, the man-up comments and all that sort of bullshit. Mm. But now people are, like, kind of commenting on the media being like, step the fuck back. Like, this is a person we're dealing with. He's going through some stuff. Let him deal with it. Let the club help out. Let the AFL help out. This person needs help, not judgment right now. And it's not just Mm. Clayton Oliver. It's multiple players. We've seen some really horrific stories over the last year of players... Uh, mental health getting to a point because of, of various reasons. And it's good that it's starting to be taken seriously, not just by clubs, but by fans. Because, I mean, and like you said, the mentality around, I mean, not just AFL, I think just sport in general can be really fucking gross. And it used to be really bad. And one of the reasons I don't, outside of AFL, I don't really follow much other sport because I've never been able to break through a lot of that bullshit. Um, mm. AFL, I guess I just, I just grew up with, but it is really nice seeing that sort of turn and people being like, yeah, you can look after yourself and ask for help and look after your mates and just these simple things that we should have been doing from day one. Um, but the message is starting to get through a little bit. This is a really, really like sincere and serious conversation. We're going to have leading into the most dumb shit. I know. Yeah. I was, I was just about to say that, uh, it's fitting. that, that deep conversation brings us to the end of memorable moments. Uh, <laughs> and now leads us into a segment that I am very excited for because Anna has reportedly become very uh, rocked up to this very well prepared. Uh, the Falkenstein. That's right. It is Falkenstein time now, listeners. You know how this works, regulars. But if you're new, we'll run you through it. We build the ultimate Melbourne player. Using their head, which is representative representative vibes and hair, bodies, which was representative of their tackles and strength, arms for their marking and handball ability, legs for kicking and running, and then we usually sprinkle in just a few little modifiers to give them that little secret sauce and get them all all falconed up. Falconed up. <laughs> I don't know. We're trying. We're trying things. It came out and it didn't feel right, but it doesn't feel horrible. I might try it again next week. <laughs> So, that being said, Anna, you you did come into this telling us that you had prepared, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. But Jesse did point out to us before we started recording that the last person who came prepared ended up with some kind of dino man. The Fremantle Tyrannosaurus, uh, yes. A local yes, legend. a dino crisis, if you will. Was it, Wait, was this for Frio? I believe so, yes. yes. Yeah. Look, it's better than their actual mascot, so I'll I'll take it. Cop that. <laughs> Got him. <'em. laughs> Take that, anchors everywhere. That's coming from a member as well. 
Right. <laughs> no, uh, like their little Frio man is so bad. I'll take the dinosaur any day. Yeah, because it's just it's just a it's just a fella. It's just a bloke. <laughs> He's a docker. He works on the He's docks. Docker, That's what like, he does. <laughs> like, can't it be like something better? Like the concept of purple or something like that. Like, I mean, Dalton did, did that with blue. So, give <laughs> me something. So, starting off with the head, vibes and hair. Anna, why don't you kick us off? Okay, so I've gone a bit more specific in some areas. I didn't go for Excellent. just like this and this and this. I went for, you'll understand. So, if we're starting with the head, the hair has to be Clayton Oliver last year. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Jake Lever's moustache. Because yes. I, yes. I love him. And so I many moustaches in the Falcon It's all moustaches. Last week, the player had three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to, my fantasy football league is going to be entirely of like porn stash players. Excellent, I'm really excited excellent. about it. Um, and the looks of Trent Rivers, which I will say, I don't know if, if men, I know like Gus and Gorn used to go on a lot about Sam Wiedemann being the most attractive man. Which I never got. He's attractive, I, I, like in a model-esque uh, way. But Trent Rivers is, he is very pretty. He's a pretty boy. He is very pretty. And a great pickup in Supercoach, I'll say it now. <laughs> Wrong, but okay. Got him. All right, so that's, that's, that's good. the upper. Any notes? <laughs> Any notes from, from Jesse, Chris? I do have one note, just regards to the hair. Um, I think you've actually done this really, really well, but there is a player from Melbourne whose hair I look at every time. I'm like, Adam, do you watch The Simpsons much? Yes. How dare you? You know there's that part when um, Bart or Lisa says something about, um, imagine if we had five fingers and no overbite, and then Homer <laughs> looks at them and they're like sort of realistic, mm. and Bart has Bailey Fritch's hair. Yes, I was going to say Bailey Fritch's <laughs> hair Fritch's as well. vertical limit of hair. Like, you could put little... Things yeah, in there and fair. rock climb on the thing. He looks like a doctor from an anime. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the solid block of hair he has because it looks like he's trying to cosplay a cone head. It was it was when he returned from injury last season that it was just next level. Like it had another layer to it. It was like he had hair extensions just to make it taller. <laughs> it was magnificent. It it is. It's like a it's like a toilet brush. Maybe he was sick of sitting next to Max Gorn and being embarrassed by his height. And he's like, well, I'll get, just get some volume. As somebody who's losing their hair, there's no hatred in this. That just reminds me of The Simpsons and he has, like, the massive block shoes on. Yeah, and the striped shoes. <laughs> I would like to see Bailey Fritch's hair with Clayton Oliver's attempt at a mustache. Ooh. I don't think we can go past Jake's, though. Jake's Jake Lever's mustache is, he is the best mustache in the league. I will die on That's that. That's a big call. Best mustache in the league. I will die on that hill. I think Oleg just- Markov has something to say about that. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> That's a very Soviet mustache he has. <laughs> I'm also just having a look at the um the player page for the Melbourne Football Club. For one, Melbourne Football Club, well done. You actually have photos of all your players. Well done. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody else does that. We've never picked a neck before, and I'm saying Angus Brayshaw. That helmet oh, must yeah. be heavy because he has some. He he could flex that 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 neck. He's of got him. a that thick is a neck, beefy neck. Yep. 
So it's a beefy. Can neck. we can we add in um, uh, Angus Brayshaw's head? Uh, and I know it's early days, but we were speaking about this earlier on uh, for a modifier. Can we please add Clayton Oliver's ability to add to apply sunscreen? <laughs> because he can't. I mean, he's still really pale, so he has to be doing something right. Uh, look, he is applying it, but he's sort of dunking his face into it like he's bobbing for apples. Um, so he's getting full coverage, but I would say too much coverage. <laughs> I don't think he can tan. Are we going with Clayton Oliver's hair or and complexion? Yeah, his twenty-three <laughs> hair complexion. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to body tackles and strength. Wait, are we also going for like about- the brains and stuff? Oh yeah, let's get a look. Oh, we could do brains. We can. You know what? We can do brains. We can do fucking okay. nervous system if you we want. We can do strands of hair. Strand? Oh, no, that, that could, <laughs> I don't have time. That could combine the Bailey Fritch one. Um, okay, so I'm going with Gus's intelligence because he's a very smart dude. Though I'd also like to. Thaws it all in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> he wears that helmet like Professor X does. Yeah. <laughs> it's to protect everyone else. <laughs> For these purposes, I think. Yep. I think that's correct. Very I'd also good. like to juxtapose that by combining Max Gorn's general knowledge, which is not a lot. So just have like a hyper intelligent, but yet doesn't know how to spell simple words <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. So so just intelligent, but not good at a pub quiz. <laughs> yeah. I think when you combine them both, this player has average intelligence. <laughs> No, no, no! It's not, it, but it doesn't combine. It's like it's like Rain Man. It's like oh, okay. the best of the best, and then just the worst of the worst. There's no in between. Left and right brain. I get it. Yeah, there's no gray area. They're just clashing constantly. <laughs> this is the most specific creator player in history. I love for like the last like two months. Like Max Gorn, absolute hard soul of the club, just drags him along. Just an absolute champion, inspirational. Bit of a dickhead though. Um, <laughs> doesn't know much in the pub quiz. No, it's just it's just a bit of a himbo vibe. <laughs> yes, that's what Max Gorn is a himbo. Are we gonna have our first himbo Frankiac? Frankiac. Frankiac. What? Falconstein. Bailey Bailey Frankiac. Another new pronunciation. <laughs> Fuck. So we'll move on to body tackles mm-hmm. and strength. Look. I think tackles and strength. I think Jack Viney. Jack Viney, I have yeah, down for strength call. 100%. The body I have down for Stephen May because he's a brick wall. Um, mm. But I also have the height of Kay Chandler. <laughs> I, love, I love this so much. And can we would... be back for every episode just to do the <laughs> Falcon scene? I was going to call the Frankiek again. The Falcon <laughs> Creativity is my strong point. Nothing else, just creativity. Um. But also the speed of Lingers as well. I was going to say the the chase down ability of Cozzy Pickett. That's what I was going to say too. That's fair. Can we have the that's smile fair. of Cozzy Pickett? Oh, that should be a modifier. <laughs> that's, that's, he's got. Yeah. He's adorable. He's adorable. He is. Can you have a Can you have a modifier of Cozzy Pickett when he launched himself at Bailey Smith's chin? <laughs> Became yeah, the a human to wrecking ball. Yeah. Shouldn't laugh at that, but Fair I love Cozzy, so. Um, but I have to have I have to have Lingers in there as well, though, because I love him. I think Lingers would be perfect for running ability because his yeah. endurance is next level. He's insane. Can I just ask who is Lingers? Ed Langdon. Ah, oh, okay. 
Why is it called Langers? Lingers. I don't know. We don't make them. It was it was the Gus and Gorny thing. Positive lingers. It was. I think it was a Gorny thing, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Says the guy who pronounced it Frankenstein. No, Falkenstein. Fuck. (laughs) Freakyak. (laughs) Freakyak. Jesse, wrong show. So with arms, marks and handballs. Anna, who have you got? For marks, for marks and handballs, I've got Petrarca. You can't really go past that. Cool. I was going to ask when Petraka would get involved here. Oh, of course. Yeah, and his cooking he's got He's got arms as well. Like, yeah. dude's got thick, thick boy pipes. I remember Big arms too. The- <laughs> God. <laughs> We've already talked about Gus's neck. You don't need to bring it up again. Um, someone on the Gus and Gorning podcast. Oh, it's Hamish Blake. He asked them, okay, truth, truth or not, you guys all have massive arms. Does it actually have any functionality within the sport? And they straight up admitted no. It's just to look good with okay. the Guernsey. Yeah. Fair. And it works. you got to pull it off. Oh, it does work. <laughs> that sounded a bit too seedy for my liking. I'm sorry. <laughs> Clark, when you edit it, can you just solo that part? Just <laughs> up I'm going to put it like the, the room echo. Put a bit of echo behind it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crickets, yep. <laughs> so I've got the arms. Now we need the legs. Mm-hmm. So this is kicking and, and running. Uh, pre-injury Harrison Petty. Is he a good runner? Oh, well, good like, running would be lingers, but kicking ability would be Petty. So I guess we have, like, the thighs of Langdon and the lower yeah. leg. Where does where No, does no, 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 but you still, have to have, you still have to have Stephen May's body. This doesn't, this doesn't like, logically make sense, but it has to be his body. <laughs> I'm glad somebody said it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's, it's Stephen May imbued with the running ability of Ed Langdon and the kicking ability of Harrison Petty. Uh, Petty, Pre- but the height of Kay Chandler. Yeah, the, the height, height of Kay Chandler. Yeah. yeah. Now, <laughs> before I have to somehow read out what this player is, we also need to add some modifiers to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is normally where things get <laughs> a little bit weird. Um. Can I just say I want Angus Brayshaw's magical Professor X helmet? Yep, 100%. Because they're iconic. Like we said before, we had somebody turn into a T-Rex. <laughs> I have a suggestion here. Because I think one of the most memorable things for <laughs> me God. is the footage of Gary Lyon with his leg leg akimbo. Okay, his leg still on the <laughs> ground. Um, and him screaming while being wheeled off. Um, one of the few... One of the only things that remained kind of funny from the footy show, because the rest, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I think we attach the, um, what do you call the little car that comes out to pick up the players when they're injured? Medic- Medicart? Yeah, whatever, the Medicart. I think we turn this player into some sort of centaur <laughs> with the Medicart at the back and people can sit in it and ride around. Like a chariot. Like a chariot. I think we should have a chariot. Mm. Hey, the Melbourne Football Club, charitable, charitable, chariot. <laughs> Clarky looks so unimpressed right now. <laughs> Clarky, tell me why that wouldn't work. You can't. What the fuck? <laughs> why can't you have a chariot man on your team? I don't want to, because it makes the marking and jumping ability defunct. Dude, this what player has like, the thickest neck in the world. As well. Exactly. <laughs> no, he's, he's an X-Man. So when someone gets injured, he can just transform and then help them out and then transform back in and go and win the game. I would find the transformer more believable. Can I say that he's an animal? <laughs> X-Men are cooler, though. 
or Animorph's a good one. Animorph. He's an Animorph named after Anna who made him an Animorph, okay? <laughs> he can turn into Finally. a fucking medical card. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing he, he morphs into. It, it can, he can turn into not an animal. That's his animal. <laughs> turn into, he can turn into a medicar. And for those who listen to Clarky Supercoach podcast, he has a Jack Billings ability to turn into a printer. Thanks for the footy mailbag shout out. Everybody, new episodes every week. <laughs> I also like how we've gone for no past players. I like how this is modern because we could theoretically make this tomorrow. To be fair, they were historically very bad in the past. That is true. <laughs> Hey, we have a lot of historically good players who were in just shit games. <laughs> like David Neitz. Mm. Oh, I also want Russell Robertson's um, guitar playing ability and dancing <laughs> ability because he was on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I have Andrew Lee on Shelley's autograph somewhere. That was, that was random. Yeah, that was, yeah, <laughs> I was just, I'm just thinking of past players now. I'm trying to think of like Clarky, who I Clarky, That was your I played on Windy up. Hill once. <laughs> yeah, that was it. He's he's one of the ones from the nineties that I remember, I remember only because of that fact. I completely forgot that Ben Brown played for Melbourne. Um, just going yeah, through what happened to yeah, Ben Brown's long run up. Ben Brown's long he, yeah. his back was injured. Yeah, but he was playing in um, he was playing in the VFL. I saw him. Oh no, he Is wasn't. He, he was there with his family. That's right. Yeah, I was like, why injured? <laughs> less less playing and more living. No, so, hanging out with his daughters and whatnot. So, are we happy with this player? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesse, go for it. Anna, are you pressing the big button that says that says make on the big machine? That makes as long as when he things. is the the man version of the X Men, as long as he looks exactly as I pictured before he transforms into a medicart. If you're picturing like about forty five minutes into the fly, maybe. <laughs> That's okay, what I'm going on then, yes. So, what yes. we have with our Melbourne Falcon sign player, the head, we have Clayton Oliver's hair, circa 2023. Uh, Jake Lever's moustache, Trent Rivers' head, Angus Brayshaw's thick, thick neck, and his intelligence, which is all kept together with his helmet, and Max Gorn's general quote unquote knowledge. Uh, full body, Jack Viney's strength, he's the strongest man on earth. Stephen May's body because he's just the biggest man on earth. The height of Kate Chandler, which, as because of my Melbourne knowledge, could be either tall or short. Uh, and sure. Cosy Pickett's chase down ability. For arms, mm-hmm. Christian Petraka's fucking pythons. He's, he's got his handballs, his marks, and dexterity for cooking. Thank you, Clarky. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> legs, lingers, or if you will, langers, endurance, and pre injury Harrison Petty. Kicking ability, of course, held within the corporeal form of um, <laughs> of Stephen May. For your modifiers, you have Clayton Oliver's sunscreen coverage, which again is like bobbing for apples. Angus Brayshaw's <laughs> Professor Charles Xavier style helmet. If you take it off, everyone dies. Um, <laughs> certain calling players first. The ability to change into an anamorph, um, but instead of changing to an animal, they change to a medicart, which Gary Lyon can ride around. Um, and also, Cosy Pickett's smile because yeah. he's a sweet little, sweet little man. And the smile has to come out when it's the medivac. When it's yeah, the give a little wink, so everyone will be drive- comforted. <laughs> yeah, drive over. The, oh my the god, he's cars. Yeah, it's cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I, I like how weird that got, and then how it just ended with Cosy Pickett's smile. Just, it, just yeah, a nice little ending. <laughs> the little, the little meat wagon that could. <laughs> 
never scored that again. <laughs> well, just, just, to, just, to, just to reiterate, the Medicart isn't made of metal. It's made of Stephen May. Yeah. You can picture it, right? He's that big. I can. And I, I can. I tell you what, I'm rethinking a lot of choices in my life. Uh, but that is your Melbourne uh, Falconstein. I hope the town has pitchforks and silver bullets because we have to take this one down. <laughs> the Falconstein mythos now has, an, now has a villain. <laughs> Someone to ally themselves with the Dino Man. <laughs> Finally. Fuck yeah, Beast so, Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anna, we always like to end the show by asking the most important question for the 2024 season. What does Melbourne need to do to win the Premiership this year? Uh, get a new leadership coach team. Well, it's too late for that. <laughs> yeah. Look, okay, what pissed me off the most about the last two seasons is that we had these really amazing players that they were benched. And I get you want to go for new talent coming up in the VFL. I completely get that. But in the meantime, we lost Wiedemann. And we lost Bedford. Um, Luke Jackson, I mean, we always knew he was going to go to Frio, whatever. But then this last season, Grundy and Gorn could have worked. The combo could have worked if they used them interchangeably, not just one game at a time. That was the dumbest fucking move. Use it properly. And now we've lost him and we watched, we've lost JJ. He's gone to Sydney as well. Just dumb fucking moves. I was actually surprised that Spargo didn't leave. Like, you had these amazing players. Fucking utilize them. Stop trying to like search other places for them. You have them. It annoys me. Anyway, that's what I think. But I will end on a good note. Have you seen um, Gorney and Viney's portrait as captain and co-captain that they released yesterday on Instagram? It's it's a movie yes. I want to see. It's very good. Yep. Listeners, go look that up right now. It's like a sequel we'll to wait. Step Brothers. It's amazing. I, I, I went to look for it. I spelled every word wrong. <laughs> you somehow ended up on Freakyak. What is a Freakyak portrait? <laughs> I'm getting that. <laughs> we'll wait. Clarky, cool. edit, in the, cool. edit in the Jeopardy waiting sound while he's doing it. I don't think that's the Jeopardy waiting sound. I haven't that's seen Jeopardy. Have that's the girl from Impanema. <laughs> yes. Good. Well done. <laughs> Melbourne. Hey, oh, Melbourne, I live here. I've lived here all my life. I can't. Football. The fact that he didn't even get it close enough for autocorrect to assist him. I wrote Melbourne F-O-O and the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival came up. And I tell you what, I tell you what, North Fitzroy's Pizza Riga Magma invites you to an extravagant all-you-can-eat buffet that harks back to the decade when we first fell in love with pizza in the 90s buffet revival spectacular. Oh my God, I'm cutting this. That's all I got. Lucky, you want to take us out? You cut nothing. (laughs) Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So this is the. (laughs) You should be. So this is the part where I give you the platform. If you have anything that you need to plug, if you want people to find you, you don't have to. Uh, But this is your space. If you want to tell the good people anything that you're working on that you need to share. Um. I'm in the unique position where I'm actually going on placement, so I've had to put all my public profiles private, but then I've also had a couple of opportunities working for my old wrestling website come up, so I've had to 
make them public again without using my real name but making it identifiable enough that people can find me. Um, so it's very confusing for me as well as everyone else. Um, at Anna, Anna Bow makes, Anna Bow makes those. Anna B O W makes. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Um, considering that you're keeping your full name off um, the internet, which is a smart move, should we cut out the part where we announce that your surname is Morph? <laughs> <laughs> it's out there now. You might as well just go with it. Also, um, I did find that photo. It's good. It was <laughs> worth thumbs it. Up. Okay. Thumbs up, guys. <laughs> New, fo- new phone wallpaper. <laughs> so <laughs> go out and find Anna. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. As always, it's a pleasure to have you both here, I guess. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough for so, me. <laughs> you can find the Falcon on Twitter and Instagram at FalconFootyPod. That's our username on everything. You can also find us individually. Chris is at Lowry underscore 16. Jesse is at Jesse Spanner. And I'm at QuantumJC. Now, listeners, as I said last week, if you've listened to this whole episode, if you've gone right up to this part, you owe us. (laughs) So head over to Spotify (laughs) and iTunes and give us a five-star rating. The ratings really do help us with engagement and promotion through those podcast networks the algorithm is constantly changing and we're trying to keep up we want to get this out to as many people as possible because we love doing it and maybe one day we can get that sweet sweet doritos money care money (laughs) (laughs) that ship has sailed jesse we are also part of the story mode podcast network so you can check out our sister shows love letters hosted by jesse yeah we're gonna be back soon i record an episode about iron claw good film They'll be out soon. Very good. And dialogue options. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll see you next week. Bye. I'll say it. <laughs> you were in con- you stopped the recording. <laughs> Not in stop. I'm no, still going. <laughs> Don't cut any of this Clarky. <laughs> you can Clarky, you can cut it right now. I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs>